Hi, and welcome to Fourth Dimension Podcast with Madeline James, where we keep it real and let the Holy Spirit do the work. So it pay power if you feel that. Thank you, and God bless. Amen. You're contending for a region. I just want to encourage you that you know, every time you meet, you're contending for this region. And breakthrough is happening. Amen. I, like there's like a rumble in the land. And as I was praying last night, and Miss Angela started prophesying about, about the army rising up. You're raising up an army, Shay. Amen. Amen. Now, there's a sound coming out of the West that people are going to begin to know. There's a sound because it's the sound that brings breakthrough. And that's why, they, you know, if you notice, we, we have these face masks and all that. But, you know, the enemy's trying to muzzle the sound. Come on. We got to break the fear, break the intimidation. Amen. How, how is it that we come into the decade of the mouth? We gotta put a muscle on soon. Come on. This region needs your sound. Come on, this region needs your sound. Because that's where your breakthrough's at. As, as you come together in unity, as you begin, you know, this this region might feel like Jericho. But little by little, these walls are coming down. Come on, but you gotta do it together in unity. Because they were one, one mind, one heart, one accord. Amen? They had to be quiet for a season and march together. But then the Lord said, release your shout. Declare the victory. Even though they still saw, you know, the walls. God said that if you shout, you know, you have the victory. Sometimes we want to see the walls come down first. And then we'll shout. Amen? Amen. <laughs> But God said even tonight that you have the breakthrough. Because, you know, we have to partner in, in worship. You know, it might seem silly to, to march. You know, but really you're releasing the power of God. With every step. It says in, in Psalm 84, 7, they go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Come on, somebody. Amen. Every step you make is releasing the power of God. The might of God. But sometimes we think breakthrough is come just, sometimes it comes in the place of waiting. <laughs> but sometimes God calls us to go forth. And strength comes in the going. And so for some of you, he's, he's commissioning you tonight to get out of that stuck place. Some of you are stuck tonight. You gotta take a step out. It's a, it's a prophetic act. And that's what we are doing tonight for this region, for, for your life, for individually. Sometimes you have, you have to partner with the Word and do that prophetic act. Or release that shout. Amen? Amen. Amen. Breakthroughs. I just, see, I just hear this rumbling in the land. There's a sound coming out of the West that's releasing revival. This place will be known for revival. Amen. But you're stewarding, Shay. But you've been faithful in the little, it's going to keep growing and growing, bigger and bigger. Yes. I even see like an earthquake happening, you know, just, just, to, just to confirm in the days to come that there's a rumble out of the West. Hmm. 
Come on, that's good. Mm -hmm. And God, he's the, I even saw the worship. God, he's the, he's dealing with the corruption and, and the and the government. The There's some things going on. I saw even in the police you know, and the government here. To see. Don't be surprised when you begin to see some people step down. Because there's a changing of guard. Mm -hmm. We're in a season of justice. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> Take that word. <laughs> but we're in a season of justice. In June, I had a dream where I was standing in the courtroom of heaven. And uh, my apostle was on one side and another prophet was on the other. And I had the books of heaven open. And I began to declare that God, he's dealing with uh, the hearts of men. That he's revealing motives. And there are these leaders in front of me, they begin to mock me. Mm -hmm. I laugh. But I'm declaring this from the courtroom. You know, many people would laugh, and many people are mocking what God is doing or, or how it's coming about. But justice is being released. Amen. And even in the dream, I had an open vision where I saw these tall trees being being taken down by the Lord. And it's those who have exalted themselves and put them in a place where God did not. <laughs> and God is releasing justice. Yes. You're seeing it in our nation, every every facet of society. And God's going to begin to make right what's been an injustice in your life. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Just kind of picking up a little bit of whatever's in, in the atmosphere here. But, but God, he's releasing, he's a God of justice. You know, he makes things right. He doesn't like to see his children suffer. But we have to let God do it his way. Come on, that's right, come on. Because sometimes we, we try to help the Holy Spirit, don't we? <laughs> but we get in trouble. But I see, you know, we're gonna begin to see even more on the news just um, just social injustice being made right, you know, mm. sex trafficking, drug dealing, all that kind of stuff. We're seeing it. Do not be surprised. And just know that you can step into it. That's your word, too. God's just, you know, making it, making it known. But we're in a season of justice. And I felt led to talk tonight about the purpose of the process <laughs> the wilderness. How many feel like they're in the process? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Write a book on it. But I feel like um, some of you have been discouraged. Because you know, sometimes the process gets heavy. And, and we forget why we're even going through the process. What is the promise, Lord? <laughs> sometimes we, we forget the promise. And you know, many people die in the hallway of transition. We're in this huge, massive transition. If you haven't noticed, Stepping into 2020, it's been like a, I don't even know what you call it, I don't know. We'll never forget 2020, <laughs> for sure. It's been, it's been a massive shift. And, you know, there's been many prophetic words spoken, you know, the new beginning, the new era, the new this, the new that. You know, we weren't wrong. Just God had to, to really step into that place. God had to put, the Lord um, gave me a word about reset. I saw this massive uh, red button, and it said reset, written on it. I saw the Lord push it, hmm. December 31st, 2019. Gosh. Like, wow. You know, I've heard that word. I've also released that word before. <clears throat> okay. Lo and behold, we get, you know, get into 2020, and it's like God has you know, put this divine pause 
Because a lot of times, you know, we want to go into new things, but um, or we want to make new strides in life, or or try to you know do something different, but we can't because we have the old mindset. You know, we're trying to do the the new thing, but the same way. That that doesn't work. <laughs> and you know, church, as you know, it is it's done. It's over. You know, God is revamping the church. He's revamping society, revamping your, you know, everybody's life has been affected in, in some way because of this divine pause. And it's all about perspective. Your process is all about perspective. You know, where, where you know, what we uh, behold, we become. And so where are your eyes? You know, what are you, what are you focusing on? Because a lot of times, you know, we, we get, um, you know, we put our eyes down, we, we carry our, our head in shame because we're, we're just frustrated. I feel like many of you are frustrated tonight. Like, God, why? And, and you frustrate His grace. Because mm. God gives us grace for the process. Right? But sometimes when we try to do it our own way, like, forget this, this isn't worth it. <laughs> You know, we stop the grace of God. We stop the empowerment of His, of His grace and you know, His strength, because His grace is more than just salvation. His grace is the empowerment of His Spirit. And even as we were singing tonight, you know, God is wanting you guys to step into that place, to come into partner with Him, because we can't do that on own. You know, we don't know how to live like you know we we think we do, or or we don't know how to forgive sometimes. You know, God, I want to get to this place, but, you know, we have good aspirations, but we need the Spirit of God. Because we're human. We can't do it on our own, right? It's frustrating. But we need to ask the Lord to put His super on our natural. Amen. And step into grace tonight. Whether you're dealing with, you know, a sin or just habits or... Whatever the, the, the struggle might be, the frustration in this season, there's grace for it. Because God calls you an overcomer. No matter how many times you fail or, or messed up or just can't get it right, you know, God calls you victorious. Amen. He doesn't see you as a failure. Even if those around you do, God says that you're loved. Come on. God says that you're my son, that you're my daughter, and I love you no matter what, no matter what you do. Amen? Amen. It's not about performance. Sometimes we can get in that religious yes. thing. You know? <laughs> that's a trap. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a performance trap. We'll never measure that. Come on. And there's no grace in religion. There's no empowerment. Mm -hmm. Come on. You can do all the right things and, be, and still be so bound. That's right. In your mind, in your heart, your emotions. But God's not looking for your perfection. He's Amen. just looking for your yes. Amen. Hallelujah. For your heart. Maybe even in the process, maybe even Jesus had to go through the process. Even Jesus Christ, our Savior, as a man, had to go through process. You know, everyone in the Bible, every major character had to go through some type of process. And that's how God, you know, we, when Jesus died on the cross for us, he died so that we could step into a new life. 
that old nature. We can, we can put that to the side and we can step into a divine nature. Amen? Amen? That helps us overcome. That helps us to walk in victory. That we don't have to be you know, it's in, that, in that place of bondage. I had released a word a little while back. Uh, I was praying for somebody, and I heard the word uh, false starts. I said, false starts? I've never heard that, Holy Spirit. <laughs> but I felt like many, um, some of you in here, in here feel like you've been, you've had like a, like a premature false start, you know, like in track or football. When the player, you know, goes before the whistle blows and they, and they cross the line, you know, their team gets penalized. Or if in track and field, you know, especially in the Olympics, you know, it's your big, your big debut. You, you've done all this training and then you get too anxious and you go before the gun and then it's over. <laughs> and then you get disqualified. And so I felt like some of you tonight felt disqualified. Maybe you've had a lot of false starts. Maybe you've prematurely got ahead of God or got ahead of, um, you know, yourself. And, you, you know, sometimes people can disqualify us because they can't see the God in us. They can't see the gold. You know, religion will disqualify you and say you're not good, good enough, right? And then sometimes we can be really hard on ourselves because we, we don't see ourselves the way that God does, and we disqualify ourselves. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, you know, we're always qualified. It doesn't matter how many false starts. You know, there's always room for more. You know, there's always, you know, God is doing a new thing. And so tonight, God wants to break that, that false starting spirit off, where you, you even begin to start things and you can't seem to finish. It's for somebody tonight. Where just, you know, people know that, man, you know, that one's not a finisher. Oh, they start this and that, but they're not going to do it. But tonight that breaks. And you can step into grace tonight. That this time, you're going to start and you're going to finish well. And then that you can break those word curses off your life. Amen. You don't have to live in, uh, in your generational curse. Maybe your father didn't, your mother, your grandpa, grandma, great, great, great granddaddy. But you don't have to be a victim of that. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, you're going to be a finisher. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be a finisher. I'm going to be a finisher. That's right. It starts tonight. Because sometimes, you know, you, you got to draw a line in the sand. Sometimes we don't get breakthrough, we don't get freedom, because we're not serious enough. We're not desperate enough. The circumstances aren't bad enough. Because we're still leaning on our own strength. But God doesn't want you to have to get so, so bad down that hole. You don't have to wait to that place. Amen? That it, it can start tonight. You know, breakthrough is here. Yes. It's not just the same. You know, it, it's a place in God that you can walk in. Amen? Amen. Yeah. If you guys want to turn with me to Jeremiah 29 11. Yeah. <laughs> it's a familiar verse. And I felt like God wanted me to, to declare over you tonight. 
Because sometimes, you know, we forget, you know, does God really love me? Does he really have those plans that were prophesied or spoke about or even as a child? Because sometimes, you know, we, we have detours. Life doesn't look like, you know, what was prophesied or, or spoken. But this is what God says about you. Some of you need to get this on a post-it note and put it on your mirror, put it in your car so you can see it. So when you have a bad day, you can declare this. For I know the plans that I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for a well-being, not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. That's God's heart for you. It says that's his declaration. That's him prophesying over you. And maybe your life doesn't look like that right now. Maybe there's not hope. Maybe there is disaster. But just know if it doesn't look like what God said, God's not done yet. And so you got to keep declaring this. you got to keep walking it out. Because soon enough, you'll, you'll come back into that place where hope will rise. Amen? Hope will rise again. Now you can step into that dawning of a new day. But you know, God, he's not a mean guy. He's not sitting up on his throne putting his thumb on you. I feel like some of you feel that way. But God really loves you. He really, he really believes in you. This is really simple tonight, but he really believes in you. He's not just some big God up here. He's really personal. He wants to become a personal God in your life. And the more that you know uh, who you are in Christ, and the more that you know that he loves you, you know, the greater your confidence gets. The greater that you can declare, for I know the plans that he has for me. Plans for my good. Plans for hope. For an expected end, right? So if it doesn't look like that right now, don't get discouraged. Because God's not done with you yet. It's not the end of the story. God didn't put a period there. It's just a comma. Come on, where, where people have put a period in your life, God says it's just a comma. There's still more to the story in Amen. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about the process. <laughs> <clears throat> and so as much as we, we fight the process, you know, the process helps us to get into alignment with God's purpose <clears throat> for our life. And a lot of times when God, you know, sends us in a season of the wilderness or the process, it's because he's trying to take us from one place to the next. You know, who we are right now um, cannot enter into that new place. We need, there's, a, there's a transformation that happens. Because God needs to upgrade you. <laughs> upgrade your, your heart, your thoughts. Everything about you is in that place of transformation. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we're trying to go into a new season and we're still dealing with old ways. You know, and, and more is required of you. Yeah. And so sometimes we, we don't want to give it. Because <laughs> there's a cost. Because the process will squeeze everything out of you. Oh, God, I'm going to do this. I want to do that. Okay. Here comes the squeezing. Here comes the pressure. But God's producing the oil, the anointing in your life. 
because last season's oil or the way that you do things last season won't do for the new. Because you need a greater anointing. You need a greater strength. You need a greater mindset. How you thought last season won't do in this next season where God's taking you. Amen? And so it says in 2 Corinthians 12, it says that His grace is enough. Now, I know we've heard these scriptures. But let it, you know, let it come anew to you tonight. His grace is enough. His grace is sufficient for whatever you're facing. We don't need anything outside of Jesus. Amen. And so many times we, we try to Jesus plus whatever. Mm. <laughs> it's not the cross plus something else. Jesus is enough. You have to try it. <laughs> he is enough to satisfy every place in you, every, every desire, every uh, empty place, every um, thing that you're longing after. Jesus is enough. Amen. And a lot of times, you know, we get frustrated or we get in that in-between place is because we feel like he's not enough. And so we go searching for in friendships and relationships, you know, maybe drinking, maybe drugs, sex. But Jesus is enough for you. Jesus is enough. And a lot of times, you know, we... We like to extend our, our wilderness time, just like the Israelites. It was only supposed to be a 40-day 40, 40 journey. And it turned into 40 years. Going around the same, I've seen the same scenery. Probably about every, every month or so. <laughs> about every six weeks. Seeing the same place, you know, just in the monotony. And it's in that place where we get lulled to sleep. Because, hmm. you know, we're seeing about awakening tonight. And so God wants to awaken you. He wants to awaken um, your spirit, man, because there's more to life. Now, there's always more. Jesus said, I came to give you life abundantly, not just a little bit, but to live in the fullness of who he is and who you're called to be. But a lot of times we, we think God's trying to kill us. <laughs> when God brings us into that wilderness place, it's not fun. But, you know, the wilderness is only meant to be um, like a short time, an intense time. Because he's trying to get something out of you. Mm. But a lot of times we drag our feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't listen. We're not obedient, right? And so we find ourselves going around that same mountain or that same test. Mm-hmm. You know, God will give you a break. But it's all right, about three weeks now, we're going to go around the same. So mm. they get it this time. But there's grace to break through tonight. It says in that scripture I read earlier, Psalm 84 and 7, that with every step, the victorious power of God was released. They went from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the wilderness is not meant to kill you. It's meant to birth you. It's right in there. We just got to switch our perspective. God has to get us alone because there's nobody else it's you and God That's right, in that place. And I feel like a lot of you tonight are in some type of wilderness place. You're in a place of testing. That's right. And it's lonely, but it's you and God. 
Because God has to bring a separation. If you want to go anywhere with God or do anything, there has to be a separation. You have to come out among mm -hmm. from where you're at. And so it's just you and God. And you get to know God in a new place. So it's not meant to kill you. It's meant to birth. It's meant to, to bring forth the things of God in your life. And many people allow the wilderness to be their tomb instead of the womb of God. Because, you know, you can see John the Baptist. He comes out of nowhere eating locusts and wearing camel hair. But nobody knew about him when he went into the wilderness. But when he came out, a voice crying out in the wilderness, who's this guy? He wasn't the same person that I saw go into that wilderness. Amen? And so it's in that place, the wilderness place where God, he has to shift our character. Because we, you know, there's some character traits that get us in trouble. Maybe there's some, some deceit. There's, there's some character issues. There's the way that you handle things. That, you know, you have great anointing, you have great skill, but do you have the character? So God has to squeeze those things. He has to allow, you know, sometimes, I know for a season last year where I had to really learn how to forgive. Now, I'm a pretty loving person. <laughs> but I had to learn how to forgive at a level that I didn't know I had to forgive. <laughs> you know, my love was tested. You know, I, I had a choice. I could have chose to, to go around wounded and offended. But if I want to go to that next place, I had to learn how to get over that. Because yeah. I would have stayed stuck. You, I wouldn't be here tonight. And so what is that thing that you're stuck on? You know, what is that thing that you're offended at? Nobody else may know, but God knows that, you know, that stuff in our heart. And so he'll send us into that wilderness place to begin to deal with those things. Because God cares about the heart. You know, character matters to God. Character matters. You know, he wants us to have purity. Purity matters to God. And the thing too about you know your wilderness and, and your seasons, you have to learn how to discern um, you know what brings your warfare. Is it people? Sometimes you have to people, sometimes you have you know legit demonic warfare. And then you have God. Now he'll bring you into a season. Now I said that. The Spirit of God drove Jesus into the wilderness. So it didn't say, take, take him by the hand. <laughs> he didn't say, you know, maybe he likes to go into the wilderness. He said, the Spirit of God drove him into that place. He didn't have a choice. But sometimes, too, we have to learn how to discern what our season is. Is it people? Is it demonic warfare? Or are we wrestling God? You know, remember Jacob, he, he wrestled. You know, I was, I was reading on Jacob uh, this week and just about his journey, you know, he, he started off a little rough. You know, he stole his, his brother's blessing, but really his mom, you know, manipulated uh, the blessing. You know, she got into so much trash. You don't like to talk about that. 
That's right, amen. But anytime we try to manipulate and try to help God out a little bit, we get into witchcraft. And so, for whatever reason, she, she wanted Jacob to have the blessing. And so Jacob got it, and you know, he heard about the God of Isaac and gave him all that. And now he had this huge blessing, you know, this huge calling on his shoulders. Maybe some of you feel like that. You know, I know all these things have been spoken, or I'm just trying to get my life right, and I don't even know how to quite live right, maybe, but I know I have this huge promise on my life. And he had heard about God, but he had not encountered God. So God wants to encounter you tonight. So along the way, he, um, he laid down it in Bethel. He, he grabbed a rock, and he laid his head down. You know, that's not very comfortable. I got out of the on the ground. And a rock, but this is something that he's probably done before, right? And so, but he didn't know. He, he grabbed this, this rock. And he didn't know, because, you know, Jesus is the rock of all ages. So he grabbed this rock, and as he laid his head in that uncomfortable place, mm. he had an encounter with mm. the Lord. Mm. And he was just on this journey, God, in a, in a wilderness. You know, God said, go, go leave your land and go, go to Laban. He was, he was going to get a wife. That's what they did back then. <laughs> but he, he grabbed this rock and, and he laid his head down on the rock. And he had an encounter. He saw, as we read, you know, that the ladder opened up. The heavens opened over him, over that land. And he saw the angels ascending and descending. And really that was a prophetic picture. That was Jesus. Because, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the access point for us. And, you know, he, he woke up. He came out of that encounter and, you know, I read this before, but it just hit me this week. And he said, surely the Lord was here. Mm. Yes. Amen. He had to have a face-to-face -face encounter. Mm. Now, surely the Lord is with me in this journey. Because God just said, go. Mm. Okay. But he knew the God of, you know, Abraham Isaac was with him. But he didn't know the God for himself. Right. And God wants to encounter you tonight. So that you can know that you could say, even in the midst of your journey, wherever you're at, whether it's a hard place, a good place, a in-between place, that you can have that place of encounter. And a lot of times, you know, God will, will get us uncomfortable. We don't like it. We don't like the stretching. We don't like the unknown. But it's in that place that, that God brings encounter. Maybe you've known God in a certain way. You've heard about God in a certain way. But as you rest your head upon the rock tonight, Jesus Christ, you know, it's in that place of rest. It's not that place of striving. Religion, performance, doing this, this, and that. It's in, in that rest. You know, peace is the seedbed of revelation. If you want to grow more in God, you want to grow in the things of the Spirit, it's got to be in that place of peace. You got to let Holy Spirit to do it. But as he rested his head, he had that encounter and said, surely God is in this place. And so God wants you to know that like, surely he's with you tonight. He wants that revelation to get in your spirit. Because some of you feel alone tonight. You feel like, God, where are you in this wilderness process? You said go five months ago, and I'm still in this process. <laughs> now, where are you? And we see you know, Jacob walk out his process he, um, and he goes in and meets you know, Laban. This is in Genesis, I um, believe, like 30, 31, 32. And 
you know, we, about Leah and Rachel, he gets two wives. And then Laban actually, you know, he's deceitful. Because, you know, Jacob had to, to reap some of the seeds that he had sown in his youth. You know, sometimes we, have, we still have to reap, even though we have that encounter with God, you know, sometimes we still have to reap, you know, some of the things that we've sown. But even that place, you know, God was with him. And then after Laban's, he, he goes and uh, he goes back to his homeland and he has an encounter. You know, he wrestles with God himself, the angel of the Lord, and he's marked. You know, the wilderness will mark you. And it's in that place mm. where there is a name change. Mm. Wow. Mm. Come on. You know, they, they knew Jacob as to be that deceiver, that liar, mm. manipulator. You know, he used to, he was he was a hustler. How many hustle? <laughs> he was a hustler. He knew how to get it done. But God was gracious. You know, the favor of God was upon his life. You know, Laban got, he got jealous because everything that, that he did prospered. The sheep grew, you know, the, the, the sheep and the plant, everything that he touched, that Laban had him uh, look over, it grew. There was still a grace upon his life. But when he wrestled with God, his name changed right to Israel. He finally began to step into that prophetic promise. You know, you know, what's the label that you're wearing tonight? What's the name that somebody has put on you, that you've put on yourself, that society? That God wants to change your names, and that's what the wilderness is all about, that wrestling. So as you, as you, you come in one way, but then you leave another. There's purpose in the wilderness. There's purpose in what you're going through. Amen? God doesn't waste anything, no matter how bad it is. God doesn't waste one, one moment. And he wants to redeem that in your life tonight. No matter how bad or how good, God, God uses everything. He says, you know, he works all things together for our good. And some of you need to step into that name change tonight. Or come in from, from dark to light. Amen. From victim to victor. Amen. From fearful to bold, to fearless. Amen. Now, what is it tonight that you need to, to have a name change for? What is it? Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 3. Verses 15 and 16. You know, God is willing to bring us suddenly in your life. You know, a lot of times we, you know, we're just in the ordinary day, you know, ordinary business, you know, going throughout our day. But even Jesus here in this chapter, it was just another ordinary day. You know, John the Baptizer, John the Baptist, he was baptizing people in that day. And so Jesus came to be baptized, but there was something significant that shifts in Jesus' life. And God wants to shift uh, something in your life tonight. But in verse 16, verse 15 says, then John baptized Jesus 
And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened over him. And he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. And then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, This is the Son whom I love, and my delight is in. And so that was the word that, that the Father gave Jesus. You know, God will always give you a word to go into the battle with, or into the wilderness. Wow. And it may seem like a really, really simple, you know, where this is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased with. I mean, something that would just set some of you free tonight. Amen. This is my daughter whom I love and I'm well pleased with. And this is my son whom I'm well pleased with. Let that set you free tonight. You know, before Jesus ever did one miracle, one supernatural act, God said that you're affirmed. Amen? And just know tonight that you're affirmed. It's not about your works. It's not about what you can do. But his love is affirming you tonight. So I want to talk. Um, so Jesus was sent into the wilderness. It says in Matthew 4.1 that the Spirit of God drove Jesus into the wilderness. And I just want to talk real quick about just the three testings that he went through. And so the first testing in Matthew 4, uh, verses 3 and 4, the enemy came to tempt Jesus' hunger. Because, you know, we all have an appetite. You know, so what is your appetite after? What is your, your flesh, you know, desire? It says in the scripture, Then the tempter came to entice him to provide food by doing a miracle. And so Jesus said, how can you possibly be the Son of God? And so he said to Jesus, how can you possibly be the Son of God and go hungry? Just order these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. And so often, you know, we can, we can get out of the process. We can shortchange the process. Because God's trying to change our hunger. You know, the things that we desire. You know, it would have been easy for Jesus to turn, you know, those stones into bread. Because that was, you know, speaking to his flesh, his fleshly hunger. But he knew that he, he was being sustained on that one word that the Father spoke over him. This is my son, whom I love and I'm well pleased with. And that's, you know, the revelation, the manna from heaven, that one word, you know, would sustain him the whole 40 days. Let that sink in. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the, the human earthly food, the bread. It was the heavenly bread. And so God's got fresh heavenly revelation for you that's going to sustain you. He's got a word for you. Amen. Because Jesus is going to eat the bread and still be hungry. But it's the things of God, it's the things of um, the Spirit that will always bring satisfaction. The things of the flesh will always leave us hungry and unsatisfied. You know, what, what's feeding your appetite? Because mm -hmm. what you crave is what you put in. So are you putting the things of God? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Or is it those fleshly things? Gossip, anger, lust, pornography. You know, what is it? What are you feeding yourself with?
the second testing in Matthew 5, I'm sorry, Matthew 4, verses 5 and 7. It says, The accuser transported Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem and perched him on the highest point of the temple and said to him, If you're really God's son, jump and the angels will catch you. For it is written in the scriptures, he will command his angels to protect you and they will lift you up so that you won't even bruise your foot upon the rock. And once again, Jesus said to him, the scriptures say that you, may, you must never put your Lord God to a test. And so what the enemy was doing here, uh, the enemy was coming to test Jesus to, to get him to prematurely use his authority. Because hmm. sometimes the testing is, you know, we know the anointing's there. We know the gifting there, but the real test, the true test of power, is can you have restraint? That's right. Hmm. And mm-hmm. so the enemy was trying to get Jesus out of character, mm-hmm. to go on his flesh again, mm-hmm. not be restrained by the things of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so just know that you don't have to prove yourself. Amen. And because the enemy was trying to get him to prove himself, oh, show me, show me the power, show me how you can command those angels. You don't have to prove anything. Because remember what, what the Father told Jesus, this is my son whom I love. And I'm well pleased. And sometimes when we don't know who we are, we try to prove ourselves, right? Then we try to prove we can prophesy or prove that we can, you know, do this or that to those around you know, family members. But you don't have to prove yourself. You can be secure. Jesus was secure in who he was. In the third testing, Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. And so a third time the accuser lifted Jesus up into a very high mountain range and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it. In verse 9, all these kingdoms I will give to you, the accuser said, if only you will kneel down before me and worship me. Verse 10, but Jesus said, go away. For the scriptures say, kneel before the Lord your God and worship him only. And so once again, just another way to end is trying to get him to, to go around, to shortcut the process. Because there will always be the temptation to shortcut the process. There, there will always be an easier way, right? And we'll get that, that moment, that fix. But God's way is a better way. Because God ways, God's way will teach you, will sustain you. Because it's the way of the Spirit. But in this, this third testing, the enemy, you know, he, ha- he has a, a realm of power, but it's not the fullness. And, you know, so, so many times, you know, we can settle for what's in front of us. And God's saying, I want to give you the fullness. You know, I don't want you to settle for this little thing or this little power. You know, I, I want to give you the whole thing, but we have to learn how to submit. You know, are we really submitted? to the Lord is our heart, or are we thirsty for power? Are we thirsty for the affirmation, you know, how, you know, how it will look on us? But he knew, you know, you can only walk in the authority um, to the measure that you're willing to submit mm-hmm. to the people and leadership over you. Amen, not everybody likes that. We have a child right here. 
No, a lot of times he, he loves you. He, he's proving you. Just like Job, you know, Job had, he had a, he had a tough time. He was a hot mess. <laughs> now his whole life got wrecked. But the thing is, you know, the Satan came. They had, they had a council board meeting about him. And, you know, heaven had a, you know, hell had a, had a council board meeting about you. And God gave permission to the enemy to come and sift him. You know, even Peter. Because God believes in you. Come on. More than you believe in yourself. Come on. He knew that whatever would happen to Job, that Job would not curse him. And so just be encouraged. Let it be confirmation. Whatever you're going through tonight, that you're carrying something so significant and powerful that, that Satan is fighting you for it. That's right, amen. But God believes in you. Do you believe that? Amen. God believes you. He knows that you can pass the test. That's right, amen. If you walk with him. You can't do it on your own. And you need people with you. You know, you can't isolate. That's right. I was thinking of um, the story of Elijah. You know, he had his greatest battle. He defeated, you know, the prophets of Baal up on, on the mountain, but slew like 500 of them. It was a big bloodbath. And then, you know, he gets this letter from Jezebel, laced with witchcraft. And he allowed fear, you know, the greatest prophet of that time, he just took out a whole army. And then he's running into a cave. Because Jezebel said, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to have you, you know, your head on a platter. And something happened, there was a disconnect. He forgot that he was loved, that God was with him. And so he hid in a cave. And in 1 Kings 19, I think it's verses 9 through 11, you know, God, he's, he's hiding in the cave, and God says, come out here in the opening, grab your cloak. And so God came in the wind, and, and the pieces of the rock broke off, but God wasn't in the wind. And then the earthquake came to shake the mountain, but God wasn't in that either. And then there was a fire. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Elijah was used to seeing God be so demonstrative in his life. You know, he did the big things, you know. He, he shut up to heaven, you know, it wasn't even raining. And then, you know, he, he slew all those problems. You know, so he was used to God doing, you know, speaking in the big things. And then it said, still, behold, a small voice came. And that's where God was at. Now, Elijah had to get out of that cave. He had to get out of that place of despair. You know, whatever your cave is. You know, some of you are, are in that cave. And God's calling you out of that place of isolation to position yourself to hear. And the Lord said, Elijah, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? And so the Lord wants to ask him, what are you doing here? I didn't call you to the cave. That's good. I called you to finish the assignment. Because his assignment wasn't done. He still had to take out Jezebel. And because of his disobedience, you know, God said to anoint Jehu. Because sometimes our, our disobedience can cause um, our assignments to get placed in other people. I know that's a hard word. Hmm. But sometimes when we're in that place of disobedience, you know, don't miss what God wants to do in your life. But you know, sometimes we're so used to God being in the big things or the big breakthrough that we miss that still small voice.
Remember, we were talking about the sound earlier. You know, this the sound that brings breakthrough. And the, and the prophetic voice of the Lord. And so whatever has been, you know, shutting that voice off in your life, you know, God wants to speak to you tonight. He wants to speak to your heart. Amen. Pick up some keys. Some music. Maybe some of you feel like God isn't speaking. Or, you, or you've never heard God speak. But the Lord wants you to, I know I kind of like spoke all over the place tonight, but I feel like it was hitting on whatever, whatever you guys needed tonight. But God wants to just speak to you tonight. Have that face-to-face encounter so that you can say, wow. And maybe you don't believe, maybe you're not sure about God. But wow, you know, God, you are surely here. I'm not sure how I feel about you. you know, I've heard about you from other people. But God wants to encounter you tonight. Amen. You know, you can't do this thing alone. Some of you are frustrated because you've been trying to walk this thing out by yourself. And we were never meant to do it alone. Amen. So if you need prayer tonight, I wanted to call you up. If you if you want to give your heart to the Lord tonight. Because he's the only thing that can make it make it better. You know, the things that you've been desiring, the, the cycles and the circles and just the frustration. You know, Jesus is the breaker. He wants to come in your life. And he wants to help you break through those things. And so God, he's looking for your surrender tonight. He's looking for your surrender tonight. So if there's anybody brave enough tonight, if you want to raise your hand and have the prayer team come up. Or even if you feel like you just want to rededicate your life back to the Lord tonight, sometimes we just need that reset. You know, I was talking about that reset. Sometimes we just need God to hit that button in our life. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time.